Hello, and welcome to Marriage Unchained, the art of one flesh, where saving marriages, saving families, and saving souls is the flavor of the day. Now, let's join our host and author of Marriage Unchained, Catholic Alpha Radical, Jerry Jacobs Jr. Welcome to Catholic Alpha Radical Live, where I help you fix your Catholic marriage. I've coached and helped hundreds of men in their marriages, and now I want to help you. Call 313-RADICAL now. That's area code 313-RADICAL. And ask me anything on tough marital issues, such as what to do when she's asked for divorce. What to do when you have a mutual agreement of separation, but you didn't want it. What to do when your wife is cold and distant. What to do when your wife is having an affair. What to do when your marriage is bad, boring, lukewarm, and passionless. What to do when you engage in a mental embrace less than once a month. What to do when you sleep in separate bedrooms. What to do when she has left the home with or without the children. What to do when you are divorced but didn't want it. Call 313-RADICAL. That's area code 313-723-4225. That's area code 313-723-4225. Again, call 313-RADICAL right now for answers to intimacy problems, communication problems, prayer and spiritual warfare problems, authentic masculinity problems, a.k.a. how to man up. So... Sit back, relax, take a chill pill, and get ready to rock. But don't duck. Can you feel it? Catholic Alpha Radical coming at you now. Hello and welcome to Catholic Alpha Radical. To save my Catholic marriage minute. And that's what we're going to do. We're going to save it. Where my main mission is to keep you out of divorce court. To save my Catholic marriage minute is for you if your marriage has little or no emotional closeness. Your wife has asked for a divorce or a separation. Your wife has left the home or you are separated. Your wife is in the home, but you are in separate bedrooms. Your marriage is just plain boring or you have no passion. You engage in the marital embrace less than weekly or severe less than once per month. Finally, you are divorced, but you just didn't want it. Yeah, that Catholic thing is real hard. <laughs> when you love God, you know divorce don't mean a darn thing in the eyes of God, does it? Need that almighty annulment, don't you? So basically, if you had a divorce and you didn't want it, this is the perfect place for you to be. Uh, I'm going to try my best to help you uh, get that back and try to help you uh, form that emotional connection with her again. Even though the world has grabbed her, but we can still, we can, there's a lot we can still do, okay? So, but in this 72nd episode, what is the real reason husbands cheat? What is the real reason Catholic husbands cheat? Okay. Plus live calls from you and also get in the queue because I answer them all. Anything to do with relationships, marriage, uh, masculinity, femininity, the demonic, the evil one, 
the mental embrace, all of it. Communication, jam on it, jam on it. Remember that song? Jippy, 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 jam, jam on it. <laughs> that was when I was a boy. That was a long time ago. But anyway, get in the queue. Get in the queue. 313 Radical, that's 313-723-4225, or you can get call in by just using your browser so that you can listen at work. Callinstudio.com slash Radical1, callinstudio.com slash Radical1. Don't wait. Get in the queue now for some resolution to your marriage confusion. All right, so the quote, quote, quote of the day, the quote, quote, quote of the day is, quote, man is right in trying to fill up his life, his mind, his body, his house with what is good. He may be wrong, perhaps, in what he chooses as a good, but without the desire for goodness, there would be no love, whether it be love of country love of friend, or love of spouse. Through love, every heart seeks to acquire a perfection or a good which it lacks, or else to express the perfection that it already has. It follows, then, that all love is produced by goodness, for goodness by its nature is lovable. It may be difficult to understand why certain people are loved, but of this we can be sure. Those who love see a goodness in them which others do not. God loves us because he puts his goodness into us and finds it there. We love certain creatures because we find goodness in them. Archbishop Fulton J. Sheen, book three, To Get Married. I've helped hundreds of men in their marriages. Allow me to help you in yours. Get live Catholic marriage help Monday through Friday, 10 a.m. Eastern for some resolution to your marriage confusion. So here we are. Here we are again. The Save My Catholic Marriage Minute. The Save My Catholic Marriage Minute. So guess what? I got a good one for you today. Good one for you today. But first, I got to set it up. I got to really set it up. I got to give you some questions that I want you to ponder, you know, and, and I want you to really look at it, hear what I'm going to say, and then try to ponder these things because this is your life we're talking about. And if you're over, and if you're over, if you're 30 and over, it's time to time to grow up. If you're 30 and over, it's time to grow up, man. It's over. Playtime's over. <laughs> Especially if you got a wife and kids. Playtime is over. So, why are you unhappy? All the time. Sometimes. Frequently. Why are you frequently depressed? Why can you never seem to feel completely fulfilled? or satisfied why is there never complete peace in your home why do you always seem to be pulled somewhere 
Why do we do stupid stuff, then look back days, months, or years from now and ask, why did I do that? (laughs) Why do I feel inadequate or incomplete as a man? The reason why is this. Deep inside, you realizing that your life has no purpose, no reason for being, and actually no mission. I get this all the time. Men come to me and we talk and we do things and we start learning and eat from each other and stuff. And the question that always comes up is, Jerry, why didn't nobody teach me this stuff when I was a boy? Why? Why didn't anyone teach me this stuff? What my life's about, my purpose as a man, what I'm supposed to be doing. You know, why do I feel empty? Where am I going? What is this? Why can I feel that hole in my gut? Dude, I know. I've been there. I had a father. You know, I had a father. I had a decent father, too. But, man, he was he was kind of like between atheist and agnostic, right? I mean, his whole life. Let's just be real about it. Um, and so he taught me what he knew, the logical common sense stuff, right, which I, it helped me a lot. My father was a very vital, important person in my life, which every father is. But sometimes we let the world tell us stupid stuff about toxicity and all that kind of silly stuff. But if you think about it, man, even if you got a bad father, he's there. He's a and he's there. He's still a. And you're think about it when we're kids, we don't really realize what our father's trying to do. So we look back and and think about silly stuff. Oh, he whooped me. He abused me. He was mean to me. Dude, your father was trying to make you into a man. Did it work? You know, did it work? Yeah, my father whooped my butt too. He whooped my sister's butt too. (laughs) Matter of fact, my mother whooped my butt and my sister's butt too. Dude, discipline is not Evil. Discipline is not mean. Discipline is not abuse. Discipline is love. It's a virtue. It's a virtue. And so if you're getting disciplined, if your parents didn't whoop you, that's why you probably messed up and you can't figure stuff out. Most kids that were that were that were disciplined properly, you know, and their parents talked to them and gave them chances and told them they love them. This is why I whooped your butt. That's what my father would do. Man, he, he, he whooped my butt. They sit me down and say, look, <laughs> now you know why you got your butt whooped, don't you? And I can't lie. I mean, I know. I mean, he gave me like five, ten chances. <laughs> yeah, daddy, I know. Well, see, that's what you got to understand. I can't go around and keep giving you all these chances because you got to grow up and survive out here, boy. Now, my father, he, we would have a lot of lecturing sessions. I don't really agree with lecturing sessions unless it is really, unless your kid does something really, really bad where you've got to really sit them down and you really got to have to really instill in them how important what they did was like if they steal or something or if they, you know, just stuff like that, something that's very bad. Um, Yeah. But like normal day-to-day stuff, like me and my family, I learned from my mother my mother wouldn't really wouldn't really lecture us. Like my mother would teach us out loud. <laughs> it is weird. Like say we were watching a movie or something. My mother would make comments during the movie of what the right thing to do is. 
And so without her actually lecturing me, she was teaching me. And my father was complete the opposite. Like my father, man, he would sit me down or we'd go out and play basketball or something. And then he'd sit there and lecture me. And and it was, I guess it was all right, man. But, you know, kids, you know how kids are. It's like, oh, here we go again. And my kids, my kid, I really don't, over the years, I really don't really lecture them unless it's really bad. But usually I kind of, I kind of do things like my, like my, um, me and my wife, my wife is good at it too. Me and my wife kind of, to, to, we kind of put the goodness in our kids by daily, daily conversations. Like what you do is when you, when you get in where you fit in. So like, say we're talking about something and say a kid comes home and goes, yeah, so-and-so's pregnant or something like that in school. Well, then that's your opportunity. You can't just go, oh, that's so sad or, you know, any something like that. That's your teaching moment as a parent. You got to jump in there on that one. You know, you cannot wait and then not say nothing. Just go, oh, that's bad. What else happened at school today? No, that's your teaching moment, right? Um, if somebody gets shot at the gas station, you know, and your kid hears about it, you know, you can just go, oh, that's so terrible. You know, what else happened today? No, you got to jump in. That's where you jump in and go, hey, you know, what happened? Why do you think he got shot? What was he doing? What the police do? And then you kind of go, then you start, you start, kinda, you guys have a, a short conversation. But it's a conversation between you and your child. It's not a conversation, a one-way thing when, it, when it's a lecture, right? Like lecturing. Man, it works, man. It works. You know, my kids, they maybe they tease me all the time about how my style is of, of disciplining them and, and how I talk to them and stuff. <laughs> but that is what you got to understand is, man, we're in the world today, especially if you have a son. Your job as a father is to get that boy to 25 years old, especially if he's black or Mexican, you know, or Asian. Your job is to get that boy to 25 because this country is hard. It's hard on uh, you know, and it's hard on the white boys too. Don't get me wrong. I know that for a fact. The jails are filled with white boys too. <laughs> I'm just saying when, you know, and, and, you know, black men die at a higher rate than other races. I mean, we all know that. So my job is to get my boys to 25. So which means what? I'm their, I'm an active participatory father for a lot of years. And even after 20, like my, like a couple of my sons, they're now past 25. You know, and well, I have three of them are. And so what I do is, you know, people think, well, once my kid's 18, I'm not, you know, I don't have to worry about them no more. Man, that's when you really got to start worrying about them. That's when you really got to bear down as a father and do your job as a protector. And and we'll go into that in a minute. But you really got to understand, man, your, your family needs you. You and your wife are the core of your family. This is why divorce can, it will, that's why in the eyes of God, you cannot separate and divorce and stuff. You can separate, but you can't divorce. Why? Because it messes up so much stuff. It messes up your children, their children, their children. It messes up the, you and your wife. I mean, it just messes a lot of things up. And so as a man, you know, we have to, we, we go back and we go, man, nobody taught me that. I hear that all the time. Nobody, Jerry, the stuff that you teach me, nobody has ever taught me that stuff. And that's why it's important that when our priests and our pastors and, and churches get up and preach, it must be on the four last things. Death, judgment, heaven, and hell. 
That is how that we I learned from um, Saint Alphonse Gloria, one of the saints. That if 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 a, if a pastor is not preaching about one of those four things or derivatives of them, and connected that to scripture and all that stuff, he's not bearing fruit, you know. And that's why so many today, many so many men, men, men today, they hate going to church, you know. They don't like going. Why? Because it's a woman fest, or it's like, well, they're talking, but they ain't talking to me. This why that's why you're listening to me right now. If you're a man, you're, you're I'm talking to you. If you're a woman listening to me, you're trying to learn about men, you know, and so that's why you're listening to me. But if I start talking about knitting and start talking about crocheting and hunting and all that kind of stuff, y'all be like, okay, he's not connected with me. That's not what I'm here for, blah, blah, blah. And that's the reason people go to mass. They go to mass so that every so that the priest will tell them the truth. That is what bears fruit. The word of our Lord Jesus Christ is what bears fruit. It's, it is lying to us and trying to protect us from the bad and from hell and all that stuff. That does not do anything. Look at what that kind of look at what that's done to our society that trying to protect us from everybody being uncomfortable. It has not worked. It's made things 10 times worse. So when you go to when we go to mass. We go to church. It's not a celebration thing. It's not. You go to mass because you look up at that, at the crucifix of our Lord Jesus Christ, and you as a man should see yourself up there. And if you're not dying, if you're not doing as he's doing, or you're not dying for something, you're going to have problems in your life. A lot of them too. So um, that wanted to, so I wanted to really get, you know, our mission as a man is very vital and knowing what that mission is as a man, it really, it, it gives you a purpose in your life. It gives you a purpose of, okay, priorities. A lot of men come to me and they try to solve all these problems and they can't because it's too many of them. They don't know how to prioritize things and it makes things worse. You know, um, because why nobody has taught them what a man really is. Only thing they see when a man is, is kind of they're going by their own instincts. They're going by the world, what they see out in society. They're going about what they see in movies and things like that. And man, that stuff don't work. God is the only, we get our mission from God. He's our creator. That's how you get happy. That's how you get fulfilled as a man. You, you, you get your mission from God. Why? God knows the mission. God is the, God is the Ford, the Chevy, the Chevrolet, he's the the Lexus, he's Toyota, he's Hyundai. Basically, he's a builder, and builders know what makes their product work better because they built it. So God is the creator, so He knows what makes us happy. And if you think back in your life, gentlemen, if you think back in your life, think about all the times you went against the natural order. I'm sorry, not the natural order, the natural law. You went against the natural law. So what's the natural law, you say? Oh, I'm glad you asked. <laughs> the natural law is the Ten Commandments written on our heart. So it's it's what God instills in us as human persons, as creatures, to guide us back to him. This is why nobody has to tell you that murdering somebody's wrong or raping somebody's wrong or lying is wrong or stealing is wrong or... Um, or sticking parts where it ain't supposed to go is wrong, or you know, uh, uh, abortion is wrong. You don't. 
you know, you don't have to be told that that stuff is wrong. Why? Because it's in naturally inside of us. So think of, so my question is, think back over your whole life and every time you went against the teachings of the Catholic Church, which is Christ Church, which is which is you know where the Ten Commandments are coming from, um, or are expanded upon in tradition. And every time you go against those Ten Commandments, man, what happens to your life? Think about it. Even if you lie, there's something that goes, "Oh man, I shouldn't have done that." That's the Holy Spirit. We got to learn as men to listen to the Holy Spirit. We really do. We really do. And the only way that the, the Holy Spirit will talk to you is if you know God. And it's not just Scripture. It's not. It's also tr- sacred tradition. So you get you you you. And so it's all it's sacred Scripture and sacred tradition, and then being in moral, um, and being uh, and being in grace with God, which means I'm not in mortal sin, and then the then the living the life, the prayer, the suffering, the sacrifice, and then you grow closer to Christ. And God, and then once you do, then your eyes are open. Then you change as a man, and then you see the world for really is, like I said last week, but it's painful, okay? So please understand that you must understand that the natural law is in you, and every time you go against that, your life changes. It becomes worse, which means what? God allows the pain in your life, and then what happens after that, when the when I say God allows pain in our life, it means God allows demons to torment you, temptation and all that stuff. That's what it means. Because why? We're not listening. When we don't listen to the Holy Spirit, this is why I'm, I try to get you to understand that you got to learn how to properly listen to the Holy Spirit. You know, like me and my wife, we had this argument a long time. That's an argument, a debate. It's a cute little debate. And. You know, we talked about like when when uh, when you're when you're a virgin, and then the first time you have sex outside of your marriage, outside of marriage, like you're fornicating, right? All the alarms that go off in your head, like do not do this, even up until the actual time of the act, right? That is the natural law in you. That is the Holy Spirit. That is your guardian angel. That's everybody screaming. Please do not do that. You will regret it. Especially if you're a woman and my wife would go, no, 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 nobody taught me that having sex outside of marriage is bad. And nobody would tell me that what I was doing was bad. And if I had a baby and stuff and all that, and that's bad. And I was like, girl, that is not true. You have all the Holy Spirit talks to you all the time when you're about to break, break a law of God that is vital to your survival as a soul. Because God, if, if that didn't happen, God wouldn't be doing his job. That wouldn't be fair, right? You know, God, believe it or not, God gives you the grace over your life. When you hear in scripture, God will say this to some people. He'll say, my grace is sufficient enough. What that means is you're going to suffer and sacrifice, but that's getting grace. That's testing you. That's building up temperance, which is another great virtue. <laughs> and so what happens is, once you build up that temperance, you get up that you build up that grace, then the test stop. The pain is a lot less because you're listening. And so when you do it, we do an act like robbing a bank or we do something like lying or something like that, 
the alarms go off really bad in us. But what, But here's the thing, though. Once we do that, we have turned our life over to who? To Satan. And so guess what? The more we sin, the more stupid we get, and the more numb we get to sin. Because God has left the building. Jesus Christ has left the building. So, because we make the decision, do we, we stay on God's side or do we stay on um, on Satan's side? There is no in-between. And this is why it's so important for pastors to get up in front of us and preach on the four last things and to help us understand. So, after this quick break, we're going to come back and we're going to go into the day, Save My Catholic Marriage Minute, because this is going to really expound on what is my mission as a man? So that's what the rest of this week is about. Today will be about your mission. Tomorrow will be explaining about your future, why your wife may be thinking about leaving you. And then the third on Friday, we're going to go into you know, a sexist marriage and, and, and why the marital embrace, why it's so important and why you need it in your marriage so that, because you always hear me talk about if you haven't made love, if you make love less in less than average of less, once, less than once a week or severe if you make love less than once a month. Why do I say that? It's a reason. It's a very good reason. Matter of fact, it's a lot of reasons. So stay with me this week. And then we're going to really rock this. And because um, I, I want you men to really start to understand where, what your life truly is about and how that pertains to the Holy Spirit, to the Trinity. OK, be right back. If you're getting value from this podcast and would like more personal marriage help, visit SaveMyCatholicMarriage.com for an opportunity to work with me personally for free. Yes, within 30 days, learn how to become a better husband that attracts your wife back to you. Visit SaveMyCatholicMarriage.com and get a plan tailored specific to your marriage and situation. I've helped hundreds of men in their marriages. Allow me the chance to help you using my personal and gained experience. Visit SaveMyCatholicMarriage.com for superior coaching for your marriage. Again, SaveMyCatholicMarriage.com. That's SaveMyCatholicMarriage.com to become the man God created you to be and the husband your wife needs. Lastly, I always get the question, why don't you help women? And I always answer them, I do. So, for all of you beloved wives out there that want to reignite that feeling of emotional closeness and complete love from your hubby, consider marriage coaching and visit SaveMyCatholicMarriage.com for an improved marriage within 30 days. So today's show is is a category in my program basically called the art of manliness. So there are three categories in my in my program. The first the first is called prayer warfare. Uh, prayer warfare is uh, important because it teaches you how to build a solid relationship with God. Uh, the second um, the second uh, category in my program is called the art of manliness, which teaches you your mission as a man, how to be like Christ, Saint Joseph what that means, how to make the tough decisions, even when your wife is going to go to like it. Um, 
that's the art of manliness, how to be like Christ, how to do that in this, in this world, in the church, uh, in society. Uh, we got a lot of problem with toxic masculinity today. I, matter of fact, I got I did a whole post. I did a post on that. A whole. I, hey, I love being called toxic. That's sweet. I like it. That means if if people are being negative to you, that's probably means you're doing a good job. So if basically you only get think about it in your life, people only call, say that you're a toxic masculine man, toxic man when you're trying to be what like Christ. We're trying to be a man. We're trying to search your masculinity in the world because you are smart and you know that we need masculinity. Our children need masculinity. Our boys need to know the man of how to grow up and what a man is. And our daughters need to go out and you know about their father so that she can go out and pick the right husband. This is how important you are as a man, dude. And this is today. This is why we go into this because you got to know, you have to know and stop playing around. Stop playing around with your life and your wife's life and your kid's life and God. Stop playing around, man. Get serious. Look, I joke around a lot, but I'm serious when it comes to this kind of stuff, man, because I was there and I know that stuff leads to nowhere but hell. It don't. And I'm and 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 we as men got to grow up. Like I said, once you hit 30, man, playtime is over. Playtime is over, man. You know, putting putting your little trinkets and having fun all the time and playing your video games and all that kind of stuff, man. That stuff is over, man. Your wife, your wife wants a man. She don't want a little boy. She don't. Your kids want a father. They want a man. They want a little boy. Now, everybody's father's different, and that's fine. It don't matter what your technique of fatherhood is. Your but your your main job as a father is to lead those kids and your beloved wife to God. And if you're not doing that, man, and you look up and your kids in jail, your kid that committed suicide, your kid that robbed somebody, your kid that got a girl pregnant, your kid living with somebody, living with a woman and using up her body for 10 years, um, all this stuff, you know, he won't get a job, he won't do nothing, he won't try to be a man. Your daughter getting pregnant about everybody, getting pregnant outside of marriage and stuff, letting all these guys sleep with an abuser and stuff. Your daughter, you know, don't want to go do nothing. She ain't trying to find a husband because she likes hanging out with these single people all the time and trying to build a life like that. Your kids don't go to mass. Don't even go to a church anywhere. Man, look, man, this this stuff, this is not a joke. It's not. Yeah, we joke around a lot, man, because, you know, you got to have some fun. But, man, at the core of this, man, you a man. You are a man. And you ain't got no more time to play around. None. Because this life is a test, brother. It's a test. Are you worthy to be before God? Are you? Right now, if you died right now, are you worthy to stand before our Lord Jesus Christ and all and God, the Almighty Creator, in the beatific vision right now in heaven. Are you? That's why they got purgatory, because you ain't. <laughs> oh, of course. That's why there's a purgatory. Because none of us except the most holiest of saints, and that's even rare, are ready to stand before God. 
This is why you've got to understand the faith. You've got to understand it. There's a reason there's heaven, hell, um, uh, heaven, hell, and purgatory. Because most of us, we're in a tough situation. We're in a tough situation out here. It's hard out here for a pimp. It's hard out here for a pimp to be a man. It's hard out here. We're not going to be perfect. That's why there's purgatory. Purgatory is what? It's still heaven. But when you die, you're judged. And God says you go to heaven or you go to hell. So Jesus, I'm sorry, Jesus does. And so if you go, if your soul is not pure, because if you think about it, if you think about this logically, gentlemen, this is why, listen, some of the greatest minds in the world have been Catholics, saints. They are not stupid people. I am not a stupid person. You know, my, 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 my priest, Father McCarthy, is not a stupid person. We, he's a very intelligent man, and there are a lot of intelligent men like that that are Catholics. They are not stupid people. They're very logical people. So when we say there's purgatory, we're not saying this because it makes us feel good. We're saying that because it's part of the, of the faith. So purgatory is this. Think about it. Think about it. Nobody, no, there's only saints in heaven, only saints in the beatific vision, only saints. So what is a saint? A saint is a virtuous, holy person that's connected to God. All they require, all they desire is God. No, you know, and so they, and then their soul is clean. Their soul is pure. You as a person, me as a person, my wife, my kids, your wife, your kids, your friends, your parents, nobody stands before God because nothing can stand before God that is not completely pure. So what does that mean? God is not an evil God. He's a just, just and merciful God. So what does that mean? Look, I, I, you're not, I, I'm a mercy. I'm gonna give you some mercy, but I gotta be just with you. You're not perfect and you're, you get a little dirty, but listen, I got something for you. We're going to put you over here in purgatory and we're going to use some fire and we're going to burn your soul and burn all the defects off you. And then once your soul becomes pure through fire, which is in scripture, once your soul becomes pure through fire, then you get to come and stand before God. You get to be with me forever. Again, purgatory is heaven. It is just your soul is not ready enough. It's not pure enough. To, nothing can stand before God that is dirty or unclean. That's why people don't understand the Blessed Mother. People think the Blessed Mother was just a regular woman. No, she wasn't. If you just think about it logically, why, there's no way that God would create a creature and then put himself inside that creature if that person was not born was 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 born was not born sinless or with concupiscence. You've got to understand because if God if he put himself in God cannot be inside of or you know or you can't be in front of him if you are not pure. That's why the Blessed Mother is so important. That's why she's important. She's not just a woman. She is his mother. She is the mother of God. And if you think about it logically, you will see it. This is why we ask her to pray for us. We ask all the saints to pray for us because they are pure and holy. In scripture, it even says, 
about the saints. It talks about the saints. You ask them to pray for you because they're a lot more virtuous and holy than we are. So your prayers become more powerful when you go through powerful saints and God hears their prayers better. Look, would you rather Jerry pray for you or God's mother pray for you or St. Joseph pray for you, who was the father of Jesus Christ? Would you rather that? Saint, would, you rather, would you rather St. Thomas Aquinas pray for you or Jerry pray for you? No, of course you. When you think about it logically, man, that's the way it works. So that's why purgatory is there. Purgatory is there for those who have a lot of things, sins on our, on our, um, a lot of sins on our, on our, um, on our soul. They're not mortal sin though. Mortal sin is grave. You commit a sin that's grave. You know it's a sin, and it's and 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 you do it willfully. Okay, so uh, uh, mortal sin is like what? It's like uh, murder, theft. Um, you know, killing, you know, uh, raping somebody, you know, lying, and then the lie like has this grave consequence in the world. You know, those are mortal sins, abortion, you know, contraception, taking pills to, to interfere with creation, anything, to, anything that interferes with creation, man, anything that interferes with creation, God is not having that. He's not having that. So those are all mortal sins. You cannot have a mortal sin and go to purgatory heaven, basically. You can't because you chose as a person, as a human person, you chose, I don't want to be with God, so I'm, a, I'm in a mortal sin, so God's going to send you to the other party. You can't, God's going to say, you can't come to my party, but you can go to this party over here. It ain't nearly, nearly as good as my party, but, you know, you wanted to go there, so I'm going to let you have what you want because God is not going to force himself on you, right? So you got to understand that. McMahon, purgatory is in it's very, very, very um uh purgatory is very vital because it allows us as human persons to make it to heaven even when we are not the most purest of souls. Because God God knows out here, man, it's hard. It's hard out here for men and women today. There's so many influences, you know. And then, like I was talking about earlier, if you grow up and you don't have that. You grow up and you don't have the right correction and stuff, man. It's even harder. You're you're searching longer. That's what mercy is. Mercy is this: you commit a mortal sin and God doesn't strike your butt down right now. <laughs> That's mercy. That's mercy. Think about it. Think about it. People go, oh, people, people always preach on mercy, 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 mercy. Oh, God loves you. God loves you. God loves you. God loves you. Oh, mercy, 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 mercy. Dude, people got the wrong idea about mercy. Mercy does not, mercy does not mean I can do whatever I want to do and I still get to go to purgatory, I'll get good to go to heaven. Does that, is you how saying that sounds? Like, oh, all I got to do is to say God saves me and I'm, I'm, you know, I get to go to heaven. That don't even make logical sense. Not when scripture says something completely opposite of that. Not when Jesus Christ says it. And then the proof of it is if you believe in God, that means you have to believe that Jesus was God. If you believe in Jesus, you got to believe in demons. Because Christ mentions demons like a hundred and some times in the in the in the new um the New Testament. So is Jesus lying? He says there's demons, dude, and you're not gonna believe that. 
if you believe, so there, if there are demons, there has to be a hell. If there's a heaven, logically, there has to be a hell. If you don't believe in that dogma, you're not Christian. Go away because you're tainting us. <laughs> you are tainting the faith. <laughs> Please. This, this is a very, God has set this up where if you re, do your research and you, you, you try your best to get knowledge of him, he will give you the fire that you need to love him and to be on fire for him. This is why people that preach on oh, mercy, mercy, mercy all the time and God loves you, God loves you. Man, people tired of that. People tired of that because they see that does not work. You know what works is? The true word of God. Yes, God is merciful, but he's also a just God, which means what? You can't deny me for 99.9 years, and then all of a sudden you see, oh, 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 okay. You know, you don't repent, and you don't say, Lord, I'm sorry. You don't go to confession for nothing, and you think you're just going to go to heaven? No. That would, do, that would be an injustice to everybody else that has lived their life for Christ or a justice to all the other people in heaven who are saints who 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 have tried or in purgatory that are suffering in purgatory that makes no logical sense that God would just be like well whoever wants to come no matter where you are you can come no 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 this is why preaching on death judgment heaven and hell makes a man realize I am out of time I don't have time to be messing around I don't have time to be messing around. And this is what I'm trying to bring to you men today. Once you hit 30, really before that, but I'm going to give you a break. Once you hit 30, 40, 50, 60, 70, 80, 90, you don't have time for this mess. You ain't got time to be playing on the golf course every week, every day. You ain't got time to be playing video games every day. You ain't time to be got time to be taking hunting trips every weekend. You ain't got time to be trying to be with your buddies at the bar and watching football and the, the and the dang uh, March Madness twenty four hours a day. Every you you know every sport in the history of the world and on Saturday and Sunday you sit there and watch every sport, dude. You ain't got time for that no more. You really don't think about it. Sure, I'm not saying you can't don't have fun because I love to have fun too. Matter of fact, I need a vacation right now. <laughs> but part of what I'm saying is, brother, I'm not getting on you. I'm just saying I want you to look at your life and see what's going on. If I'm hitting a pain, if I'm hitting a pain in your heart right now, that means what I'm saying to you is hitting home. And you just start fixing that. You just start fixing that, man. Really? Okay? So this is what Mercy and justice is really about because if God wasn't a merciful God, he would not give you 99 years to get it together. And then in that last year, if you come to him and say, I'm sorry, oh, my God, I go to confession. I'm, I'm you know, everything's good. I'm right with God. Guess what? You're going to heaven, dude. You in the party. You at the party, homie. <laughs> you at the party, the real party. See, that's how it works. But you can't keep going on for year after year denying to listen to the Holy Spirit, denying to listen to your wife, denying to listen to your children for your whole life. And you 70, 80 years old and you're still talking about, you know, I got to make a million dollars. Dude, a billion dollars. Dude, you're 70 years old. 
yo, yo, that that get rich stuff is over, dude. It's time to focus on your your eternal life. You know, um, hey, I want to be rich too. I want to have a billion dollars too. But there comes a time when, as a man, we just got to bear down and say, listen, I got to go to work. I got to get some money in here. I got to put a retirement together. Uh, I got to do all this stuff so my wife is happy and she's fulfilled and she ain't scared and she's secure. Okay? So that's it. That's what we're going on. So today, I'm going to go over here real quick in the next 10, 15 minutes. We're going to talk about your mission as a man given by God. It's important that you know this. It's a foundation of your life that nobody's taught you. And if you know these things I'm saying, oh, God bless you. God bless you. That means you have grown up, that you have grown up. You've decided that I'm going to take this stuff serious and I'm going to make mistakes. I'm not going to be perfect, but oh, my God, I'm here. I'm going to I'm doing the best I can. OK. Um, and um, another thing, too. So we're going to go into well, oh, anybody. So oh my man, I see I can't read this guy's name. But anyway, comment. He says um, challenge. Ask Siri who found out the Catholic Church. Um, I don't really understand the question, but if somebody, you know, who found out the Catholic Church is, I guess that's what he's asking. But hey, somebody wants to chime in on that, I'll be I will definitely read it. Okay. Uh I can answer it, but he's not really asking. You know, I want, you know, if somebody wants to answer, let somebody else answer because I'm gonna go on with this thing right now. This is uh thanks, so we can get out of here. But here's the deal. So, your mission as a man given by God. This so this means it's not coming from Jerry. This is coming from God. And so I'm gonna give you some places in Scripture, you know, where it proves what I'm saying. Okay. So you gotta ask yourself, what are you willing to die for? You know, as a man, you will never be happy, fulfilled, satisfied, or complete until you are willing to give your life for something greater than yourself. This is a proven fact. Gentlemen, you won't. You won't. You will never be satisfied. You will never be fulfilled. They always talk about women women being fulfilled, right? That's all we talk about is women, 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 how happy and fulfilled they are. But that's a bunch of hooey too, okay? She's got a mission too. We'll talk about that another time. But right now, we got to talk about us. And so what is our mission? What are we supposed to be doing? What's our foundation of our life? Okay, so I kind of covered a lot of it, but I want to lead up to that, lead up to this. So your mission as a man given as given to Adam. Remember, in the Garden of Eden, Adam was told to name everything. That was his thing. This is before Eve was even around. So he was asked to name animals, all that stuff. And so what does that mean? When you name something, you are held responsible for it. So right off the bat, in Genesis, God's telling Mr. Adam, hey, you my dude, we're going to hang out. But look, you got responsibilities, brother. You ain't got time to be playing around. So you're responsible for all this, the earth, this garden of Eden. And then you're going to respond for this beautiful woman I'm going to give you. And you got to do right by her. Okay? So that's when you are given responsibility, your name is your responsibility. So that's your first then you got to understand about being a man. 
You are responsible for everything in your house, everything, the diapers, the dishes, all the money, the happiness of your wife, the happiness of the, 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 your marriage. If it fails or if it's great, you are responsible for that. Your kid, the kids, you're responsible for them too. You're responsible for the trash, everything. You're responsible for everything in your house. You are held responsible in the eyes of God. Get over it. Accept it. That's it. And once you accept that, that will make you a man. That's the beginning of knowing that no longer can I look around and blame my wife for stuff. No longer can I look around and blame my kids for stuff. No longer can I look around and blame my friends or my parents. Oh, the parent thing. Oh, I'm 50 years old. Oh, my parents did this and my parents did that. You know how sick of that I am? Grow up, dude. Sure, your parents might have been bad parents, but you didn't have 30 years to figure that out. <laughs> Let it go. You know, or you go, oh, the worst one, I'm going to blame God. You're going to blame God. Oh, why would God allow a baby to die? Why would God allow my mother to die? God allows people to die so that you know that you need God. You have to know as a man and as a woman that this life is finite. It is finite, which means it ends. God just can't let you live forever because you wouldn't learn nothing. You wouldn't learn nothing. This is the deal, man. You guys, we got to understand what this is about. This life is a test. It's a test. Are you worthy of the gift that God has given you of that beautiful wife and those beautiful children? And what the heck are you going to do with it? And with all that being said, are you worthy to be in front of God in the beatific vision? Are you worthy of that? Are you? Come on, come on, baby. Hear me what I'm talking about, man. You know, I want you to really try to understand that. You know, so in the Garden of Eden, you know, you are God has given you the first mission, your your general mission, that you are responsible for everything in your home. Everything. And once most men, especially, you know, once once men men understand that, not just understand it, but they accept it. They go, like, I'm the kind of guy, well, I don't like it. I don't like that I'm responsible for everything. I really don't. But guess what I do? It's God's will, so I just accept it. Why? Because my life will be better if I just do. And stop fighting and stop being a little punk about it. You know, stop whining and bitching about it. Just go and accept it and that's what it is. It is what it is. Another thing, how you know that what I just said about your, it's our job as men, we're fully responsible. Eve wasn't even around yet. <laughs> Eve wasn't even there. She wasn't. Another way you can understand that what I'm saying is true is when Eve allowed the serpent to talk to her in her ear and she ate the apple and then she went and got her homeboy, Mr. Adam, and said, hey, you want some of this apple? And his punk butt was like, yep, I, I, I'm with you, girl. I'm with you. And so he ate the apple, right? So then what happened? God didn't say, hey, Eve, come here. Come here, Eve. What'd you do that for? She didn't, he didn't say that, did he? He said, Adam, get your little butt over here. What you doing, man? What's wrong with you? See, just like you would do with your kid, right? If you if your kid lied to you or did some, say your kid, you know, tried to uh, you know, stole one of his schoolmates' money or something off the off the out of the kid's desk or something. 
and you 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 go up to the school and you take your kid in the room and you say, "Hey, man, what what happened?" Well, see, what happened, Daddy was, um, I just was right there and I was right there and then I was right there and then I was right there. And then I saw the money. I saw what's his name open up the thing and I saw the money and I saw the money and I saw the money. And then he left. And then I like sat there at the table at his desk. And I wasn't really trying to put my hand in his desk, but I kind of really didn't. And then Johnny came over and pushed me out the way. And then he took. Yeah. Yeah. Johnny took the money, daddy. Johnny took the money. <laughs> you know. And if your kid lied to you and you know he's lying, you go, man, dude, look, man, you you know you did it, man. What, what did you do that for? What you do that stupid stuff for, man? You know, that's how you would do your child. And that's how God did Adam. That is how you know that's the proof, the proof of what I'm saying is accurate. That you as the man are responsible for your house. Just like in Star Trek, the Klingons. <laughs> I love Star Trek, y'all. Y'all know that by now. Yeah, the Klingons, man, they don't play. Like, they know they're responsible for everything in their house. Everything happens. They're responsible for it. Okay? So, that being said, so now, so now we go into what is your wife's responsibility? So, your responsibility is everything. Everything. But you, but God, you know, like I said, he's a merciful, he, God is merciful, man. He's merciful. So, he goes, look. Look, Adam. Look, man, I know that you really can't do all this on your own. That's a lot. It's a lot to do. Heck, man, I create the I create the earth in six days, man, and stuff, and universe in six days, man. And I'm tired. I, so I know what you're going through, brother. I know what you're going through. So here I, I got a deal for you. Here's what I'm going to do. Here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to give you this real pretty looking filly over here. And I want you to, you know, hang out with her for a while and let her help you out. Now, look, man, you can't be like just trying to overrun her because, you know, she's very emotional. She needs your love. You can't be neglecting her stuff. You know, you can't take advantage of her stuff. Can't be yelling at her and fighting with her and all that kind of crazy stuff. No, man, you got to hang out, man. You got to hang out and, you know, and and, and and let her, you know, and, and let her be part of your life. She's your helpmate. Let her guide you and some stuff. Let her guide you a little bit so that you can you can stay right with me, you know. But here, here's this gift I'm going to give you. But her job ain't your job, Adam. Her job is she's got to go over here and nurture these kids, man. She got to nurture these kids. That's why she's emotional, because she needs to nurture these kids. And so you are, that's why I made you logical, because you got your job is more broad. So I ain't got time. You ain't got time to be, you can't do working and all this other stuff, do your full job, and then get the kids exactly right new. That's why you got Eve, so you guys can do that together. Eve's job is going to be to nurture the kids, to nurture you, support you, and to make your be the heart of your home. That's what Eve's job is. So Adam goes, okay, 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 Father, I can do that. I got it. I got it. I got it. So that's the deal, generally. So now we go real quick. We go real quick in your three. There's a so there's a threefold mission. There's a threefold mission. Okay, given to you. Your first mission as a man. Other than your net, your general mission is to protect. So what? Provide, protect, you know, protect your home from physical outside threats. Every man knows that one, right? We all know that one instinctually. But the one you probably didn't is your job is also to protect your wife from you. Why? 
because you can hurt your wife deeper and more severely than any other person on this earth. Why? Because you are severely bonded to her, completely bonded to her through marriage before God, through the kids that you have together and through the marital embrace. This is why you've got to understand that you cannot raise your voice to your wife. You cannot be disappointed in her. You cannot uh, have bad by language. You got to listen to her. You got to, you know, make her feel like she's number one in your life. You got to make sure feel like she's special. You got to court and date her every day. You got to win her heart every day because if you don't, she's going to start to think you don't love her no more. And guys that, that treat their wives, guys that treat their wives like a piece of a piece of a utensil or forkers or knife when they have sex with them. Guys who treat their wife like a buddy at work or a partner. You don't treat your wife like a partner. She's your beloved. You know, if if if, if, if my wife's my partner, I mean, look, she got her job. I got my job. So, hey, woman, go do your stuff. I'll do my stuff. Leave me alone. I ain't got time for you. That's how partners do in business. So you're saying that's my partner, so I'm going to treat my wife like our partner's doing business because that's what partners are, right? You can't treat, we can't treat our wives like that, man. We can't. They start to say we don't love them no more, okay? We cannot, when we talk to our wives, it has to be in a loving, sympathetic, empathetic, loving voice. And if you don't, she's going to start getting hurt. If you call her names, call her the B word, the C word, and all that kind of stuff, you know, you ignore her and neglect her, man, you at that's pain from the top of her head to the bottom of her feet. So that's your that's your that's your that's your first mission to protect. OK, your second mission is what your second mission is what your second mission is to defend. Defend against what, Jerry? Defend against the evil one, the demonic in your home, because remember, in your general mission, you're responsible for everything in your house. So why you out there going to work 12 and 15 hours a day and you don't see your kids and your wife or you out there, you know, with your buddies are golfing and fishing and, and boating and all that kind of stuff. And on the video games in your man cave or messing with some other floozy out there, then basically Satan walks right past you because you distracted. Right. He loves that. I got him. I was waiting and he let me in. I was waiting a long time, but he finally let me in. So while you out there distracted, Satan walks right in your front door, walks right past you, and gets in the bed with your wife and kids, and he's in her ear every day. Every day he's in her ear. So what is who who's who who's in her, who is the people in her ear? What's what how is Satan in her ear, right? Divorced women. Girl, if I was you, I wouldn't take that from him. He's out there doing what? He's out there doing all the time. He with them kids. He's at work all that time. Well, girl, how do you get fulfilled? Hey, let's go on a trip. Let's go on a girl's trip. The Housewives of Indianapolis, Indiana. <laughs> That's where we going. We going on a trip, girl. And you know what? Because my husband, he did the same stuff. I divorced his butt. I divorced him. But you know, you come hang out with us, girl, because we're going to treat you right. We're going to go to uh, the Bahamas so you can get your groove on like Stella did in that movie. What? That's Satan. That's Satan. That's evil, man. Or the other one. Uh, you know, well, you going out to the uh club with the single women. You go out with the single women. The single women. Oh yeah, the single women ain't bad, but they, you know, single women, they got different agendas than your wife should have. 
Your wife's trying to think about what it used to be before y'all was married, how she used to party and go out and have fun and go on trips and, you know, and hang out with other boys and other girls in high school and college and stuff. See, man, you can't be, you got to keep your eyes awake on this kind of stuff. You know, so this is why, you know, you have to be taught how to, and and we go this in my program, you got to be taught how to pay attention to your wife, to your woman. How she feeling, what she's doing, how she moves, how she talks, tone of her voice. Is she sick? Is she ain't sick? Is she in a good mood? Is she in a bad mood? And then you learn how to deal with all that. Because right now you don't. You don't. You think you do, but you don't. You're trying to create a great marriage, a legendary marriage, dude. That's what you're trying to do. You're trying to keep your wife, if you're 30 or 40 or 50 years old right now, I'm telling you, Women will stay with you for 30 or 40 years and then leave your butt if you don't get together. I'm telling you for true. I talk to guys all the time. The longest, the longest I had a, somebody in my marriage, they was married for 40 years and his wife left him. Is that going to be you? You got to know your mission, dude. This is why cheating with other women and mess around other women stuff, that's because you don't know your mission. That's why dudes do that. That's why Catholic and Christian and even regular dudes, that's why they do that. They mess around because they think they can find something happier and better in that woman than they can in their wife. Well, I beg the different. The problem is you don't know your mission as a man and you don't know the mysteries of your woman, your wife. That's the real. That's the truth right there. Because if you knew the mysteries of your woman, you'd know how interesting she is, how 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 great she is, how how interesting and how smart and intelligent she is. Hell, you married her. The problem is we stop exploring our wives once we married for two years or five years. Oh, we know her. I, I know her. I got her. You know, I got her. I got her. So I'm going to go out here and, and, you know, mess with these girls over here. But if most men knew their mission and their job and look, I, you know, you might not like me saying it's being raw like this, but man, your wife, if you act right, she'll give you all the intimacy that you want. She will. Your wife will give you, will make love to you as much as you want if you set it up right. But guys don't. We don't. We don't even know how to set it up right. <laughs> Jerry, how do I set it up? How do I set it up, Jerry? <laughs> hey, you got to join the program for that one. But anyway, uh, the deal is, man, listen, that's it. So that's your second mission. Protect to def- and then def- defend, right? Defend. That means you don't get distracted. You keep a, a watch on your home. You get in the prayer so the Holy Spirit helps you protect your house. It's another thing that guys don't understand. It's another thing, guys, I understand. Dude, you cannot physically protect your wife and your kids 24-7. This is why you're a Christian. This is why you're Orthodox Catholic. This is why you're a Catholic at all, because you got this, these benefits as being a Christian. You have these benefits, and most of us don't even use it. Think about what I'm going to say. Think about what I'm going to say. As a man and a husband and a father, how do you protect your wife 24-7? How do you protect your kids 24-7? Hell, you got to go to work for 8, 10 hours a day, 12 hours a day. Who going to protect them while you ain't there? What happens? Your wife is out in the street. She's going to the grocery store and the men cracking on her and stuff. Men hitting on her and stuff. 
Most of us got very good looking wives. So your wife is out there. If again, like you said, like you know, if you don't want your wife, somebody else sure do. Your kids. How do you get your kids to to make logical and moral good decisions while you ain't around? How do you do that? How do you as a man extend your power out to do that? Huh? See, this is as being a we don't even know the power of being a man and what that entails our power, our strength as a man. And what that is, is this. What that is, is this, man. That's why you engage the Holy Spirit to protect your wife and kids when you ain't around. Then Satan can't walk through your door and mess with your wife and get in her ear. Because I tell you right now, the wives I know, the ones that got together, the ones that are submitting, the ones that are doing they are submitting to God and their husband and they love and getting their children in their house right, you know what they'll do? If a divorced woman tell them that, girl, if I was you, I wouldn't put up with that. You know what they do? Girl, look, I ain't trying to hear that stuff. My man's good. Matter of fact, my man loves me right. He pays attention to me. He gives me all I need. That's how a real woman talks to a person, to Satan. What, is, what, is, what, is, what does it say? Get behind me, Satan. That's what good wives do. But see, but see what you got to do. You got to put in the work to get your wife to talk like that. It just don't happen. That's the power you have as a man. So if, if you're in prayer, suffering, and sacrifice, then what happens is the Holy Spirit helps you, and you say, Holy Spirit, I'm praying this rosary so that you will protect my children and my wife. Guess what? When your wife and your kids are out in the thing and you do that for years and you show that you're just not talking, that you're actually giving lip, that you're not giving lip service, the Holy Spirit will infect your wife and children and get them to do what they're supposed to be doing for the most part. That's how, that's how you do it, man. Didn't know that, did you? You didn't know that. Dude, you are a Christian soldier, baby. You got to learn how to use the powers God gave you to protect your family. That's how you do it. Okay? Next, so that's your that's the defendant. That's defendant. So now let's get to your last mission that we bet we done to serve. Your third mission as a man is to serve. That don't mean you got going around treating your wife like crap. Woman, you're gonna do what I say, dude. You're gonna be dictating to your kids because they're gonna look at you like you're crazy, especially today. You gotta remember, women have too many resources out here to, that tells them to get rid of you. For you to be acting like some dictator. What you got to do is, that's what I'm saying. The first thing you got to do is learn how to talk to your wife, man. That's the first thing. Then when you serve, think about it. It's another logical thing if you just think about it. If you serve God first, your wife in marriage second, your kids third, and you don't even think about your happiness, what, what, they, what them other three going to do? They're going to they gonna have empathy for you, man. If you're working 16 hours a day and you're trying to bring in the money and you, you're giving your wife attention, you're not neglecting her, you spend time with your kids, and you're doing everything you can do, you give all that you are, you never think about your own happiness, you're not, you're not selfish, your wants, desires of me, and your wants, desires of me don't mean a dang on thing, guess what your wife and kids and God going to be like? Oh, my God. Baby, do you need me? When you come home, she, your, your wife, gonna, even if she didn't work all day, she's going to say, baby, what you need? Can I do anything for you? You want to make love? <laughs> you want to, you want some dinner? Look, here's this dinner right here. What do you need from me? And your kids, they be your kids are respectful. They love you. They want to be around you. They want to do things with you. 
Dude, it's a whole different world if you just embrace your gift that you have as a man and use your power. It's a whole different world. And most guys can't see it because they're not igniting the Holy Spirit in their lives, in their homes, and in their marriages to even get the first benefits. We make the mistake as men as thinking that we are the ones doing everything. No, we ain't. The reason you make a relationship with God, man, is because you get that grace. So you can get that grace, man, so your wife act right and your kids act right. That's what you do it for. This is why you in, in Ephesians 21 through 33, God, is, I mean, St. Saint Saint Paul's talking about is you and your wife are supposed to be under the submission of Christ. That's first and foremost. And if you as a man are doing that, and being as a being a holy man, a virtuous man, a, a lover of God, your wife can't help but come along with you. She ain't gonna argue with you. She ain't gonna fight with you. She ain't gonna challenge you. Why? Because you are Christ in the home, dude, and she love that stuff. Women love Christ. Why? Because He died for them. They love that stuff. They love that stuff, man. That's why that's why women love Christ, because he died for them and they know it. That's why you got to die for it, too. And if you don't, she ain't trying to do with you at your, uh, as the years go by. Okay? Try to hear what I'm saying. Try to hear. I'm not saying it's easy. I'm not. I'm not. That's why you need coach help. But look, you know, if you're, even if you're not in marriage crisis, or if you are in marriage crisis, you need help. But especially with your marriage crisis, you 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 need professional help. I'm not gonna lie. But if you're not in marriage crisis, you only got one or two problems, man. Your marriage is like mediocre or whatever, man. You can fix that. You can just you can fix that stuff, man. And then once you get that fixed, then you come to me, and then I'll get you to the greatness of a marriage, okay? But you know, right now you probably don't need professional help right now. If you if your wife is in the home and she ain't threatening divorce, she ain't unhappy. You know all those clues and stuff we talked about the last two or three weeks okay so so we almost done be here and done in less than two minutes again what are you willing to die for as a man how do you give your life away for something greater than yourself again your wife are you willing to die for her to give your time daily in suffering and sacrifice and in daily prayer that's how you as a man give your life away for your wife. Why? Because no, no, let's say a Muslim, no, let's say a robber broke in your home, a robber broke in your home, and he go up to your bedroom because you don't have an alarm system. Everybody should have an alarm system, okay? <laughs> so you're up in your bedroom and you sleep and the dude turned the light on, one guy grabs you, other guy grabs your wife. Hey man, where's the money? Hey man, where's the stuff? And you get it. They go, you get it to them. They give it to them. They go, okay, now we're going to kill somebody tonight. So you, the husband, because people always go to the husband. So you want me to kill you or your wife? And you, you would hope as a man, you go, oh man, kill me because I love my wife. I don't want nothing to happen to her. You would hope that God gives you the grace to do that, right? To sacrifice your life for your wife. But how often is that going to happen in anybody's life, in anybody's marriage? How often is that going to happen? Uh, probably like, uh, never. So how do you as a man warrior up and be a real man 
and give your life and die to yourself for your wife. How do you do that every day? What you do is you get your butt on your knees and you pray some rosaries and you go to adoration. You go to mass for her. You say novenas for her and the divine mercy chapters for her. That's what you do. You give your time. That's how you die. As a man, you don't worry about your wants, your desires, and your needs before that of your God and your wife and your children and your marriage, especially God and your wife and your marriage. You do not ever let that come out of your mouth. Selfishness will kill all relationships. So what you do is, man, that's what you do, man. You, you, you Look, you might have to pray two hours a day, but so what? You know it's for a reason. I'm protecting my wife. I'm protecting my marriage. Because if you, as a man, don't engage in suffering and sacrifice prayer, because that's what prayer is. Prayer is a sacrifice, and it's suffering because we don't like doing it. If you don't do it, who going to do it? Who going to do it? Who? Please tell me. Hey, teach me some, because I don't know no other way. As a, That's how you warrior up, baby. That's how you become a real man like Christ. You get your butt on your knees and you get you get them rosary beads out, which is your which is your that rosary beads out, which is your number one battle weapon as a man against Satan and protecting your home. And you pray it. You get on it. You get on it, dude. And you'll be surprised. You will change as a man. Your home will change. Your family will change. If you don't do it, ain't nobody going to do it. You think your wife is going to do it? No, she ain't. She waiting on your butt. <laughs> so, so finally, Christian soldier, will you embrace the mission our Lord has placed before you? Will you don your armor, lift your shield, and sheathe your sword in battle against the evil one? Or will you deny God, your beloved, deny your children, and remain as you are? Bam. Let's talk about your Catholic marriage problems. Weekdays, 10 a.m. Eastern. Live streamed on the Catholic Alpha Radical Facebook page and CatholicAlpha.com. If you're getting value from this podcast and would like more personal marriage help, visit SaveMyCatholicMarriage.com for an opportunity to work with me personally for free. Yes, within 30 days, learn how to become a better husband that attracts your wife back to you. Visit SaveMyCatholicMarriage.com and get a plan tailored specific to your marriage and situation. I've helped hundreds of men in their marriages. Allow me the chance to help you using my personal and gained experience. Visit SaveMyCatholicMarriage.com for superior coaching for your marriage. Again, SaveMyCatholicMarriage.com. That's SaveMyCatholicMarriage.com to become the man God created you to be and the husband your wife needs. Lastly, I always get the question, why don't you help women? And I always answer them, I do. So, for all of you beloved wives out there that want to reignite that feeling of emotional closeness and complete love from your hubby, consider... Marriage coaching and visit SaveMyCatholicMarriage.com for an improved marriage within 30 days. All right, all right. So last call for callers. Last call for callers. If you call in, we haven't had a caller today, but, you know, I know we're not going to have one every day because we're still growing. Um, But, you know, um, there's a lot of questions. I said a lot of things today. I know I did. 
Um, I'm very passionate. I've been on fire for Christ a long time, y'all. And I'm a Catholic, boy. <laughs> y'all probably like, man, what kind of Catholic are you? I never met no Catholic like you. <laughs> man, I hear that all the time. I'm sorry. I hear that all the time. I do. I hear it all the time. But you know what? I look at it as a compliment. I do. I look at it as a compliment. Oops. I look at it as a compliment. Um, the reason why is because uh, the reason why is because I love our Lord. I do. I understand that love is not this mushy, mushy thing. Love is about doing something, commitment, you know, loyalty, you know, honor, you know, uh, and things like that, man. Love is the act of the will. It's God's will. Um, and, you know, I don't have to feel all mushy, mushy every day. You know, y'all think, you know, I go on truth. So I go, really, I feel, I'm fueled on truth in helping people. And then that's what that's what Christ is. Christ is the truth. So I well, that's what I do. I fill up my heart with truth, with God, with Christ. That's how I, I'm on fire all the time, you know. Um, and I I pray I pray a lot, and I try my best not to not to take God for granted. Because when I need Him, I want Him to come in and help me. <laughs> I want to say, I don't want him to spit him spit me out of His mouth and go, Hey, man. I don't know you, brother. I don't know you, Jerry. You might as well go on back on over there with Satan, hang out with him, because that's your friend, and I'm not. <laughs> so uh, that being said, we're going to be out of here for the day, and as we always do, we conclude with a quote from Pope Benedict XVI, and that states, society offers you comfort. But you weren't made for comfort. You were made for greatness. So go forth, Christian soldier. The spiritual fight is upon you. Fast. Pray. And prepare for battle. Thank you for listening in today. If what you heard helped you in any way and you would like more personal attention, visit SaveMyCatholicMarriage.com for superior marriage coaching. And remember to join the Catholic Alpha Radical Live podcast as a caller or listener every Monday through Friday, 10 a.m. Eastern. To join as a caller, dial area code 313 Radical. To join as a listener or view the live stream, visit the Catholic Alpha Radical Live Facebook page or visit CatholicAlpha.com for Catholic marriage help that actually works. Bang.